You're listening to The Diarist, a Red Couch Black Dog production. Episode 1, The Promotion. I'm trying to remember now how it was in the beginning. Rows and rows of desks. Young women, like myself, hired to do just about any type of office work, mostly typing and filing. We were also there to cater to the whims of the executives. The higher on the ladder, the more special attention. (sighs) Not what you're thinking. Things like flowers for the executives' wives, travel arrangements, that sort of thing. The real reason we were all there was to meet a husband, and none of us were pretending otherwise. You'd think we were going to sorority lunch in the way we dressed for work every day. Well, most of us. There were the bookish girls who really had wanted a career in business. Their climb was steep, of course. And most of them settled on marriage, over the life of a spinster secretary with little hope of advancement. I certainly wasn't hiding my motive for my position, although I wasn't actively looking either. I couldn't tell you when it started, but once it had, I gained a new sense. I could feel Richard Hayes, no matter where he moved in the office, and that feeling was particularly strong when he was near me. It was as if a thin thread of attraction had tethered me to him and grew taut the closer he came to me. It must have been something dormant my entire life, a time bomb waiting to be detonated. Even those first days at Roth, Hayes, and Johnson, I felt as if I would break down and cry when I felt his eyes on me from across the expanse of open space. A vast area filled with rows of desks before which secretaries in all varieties sat and typed away, some with a pencil behind her ear, nearly all with French twists or even bouffants. Rather than a cacophony, the sound of all those typewriters, keys pecking at crisp white letterhead, created a comforting hum, the rhythm of a distant train. But when Richard Hayes entered, a growing buzz would afflict me, a dizziness. We were there for the choosing. None of us minded, or at least I think we didn't. We had an unspoken code. If a group of us girls went to lunch, we'd fawn over a gift from one of the executives to one of us. The start of a courtship that would end with a diamond. We all waited our turn. Yes, we were fish surrounded by sharks. Their gray or navy suits, a rough skin that had the appearance of smooth. And instead of sharp teeth, they donned smiles, cat tips, and a hand on the shoulder. <laughs> the executives. Around the office, Mr. Hayes, or Richard as I came to call him, was a movie star. The other girls had a certain feeling of protective intimacy towards him. 
a removed sympathy, and they would talk about him as if they knew him. Richard, you see, was not like the other executives. Those who cracked open bottles of champagne on Fridays and spent the evening with girls, sometimes on their laps, flirting and joking, before returning home to their families. Richard wasn't like them at all. He didn't pick a girl to be his stand-in wife in the office. No, Richard Hayes kept mostly to himself when it came to the office girls. If he tipped a hat, it was out of respect, not charming innuendo. There were only two things the girls knew about Mr. Hayes. One, he had been a fairly successful painter before starting the advertising firm. And two, his wife was a lunatic. Number two was the most intriguing to me. A lunatic. It was certainly true. She'd been put away for hearing voices. Many times. Once for a whole month. Mr. Hayes had asked his girl Lucy to send flowers to the hospital. He'd never said what kind of hospital, but Lucy knew. And everyone knew what Kings Park State Hospital was. Eventually, Lucy would work late some nights looking after the Hayes children. His poor wife locked up in some institution. A fine one, I imagined, but a loony bin nonetheless. She was in and out of hospitals. Crazy. And Richard Hayes, for all his good looks and opportunities for cheating, he remained honorable and stoic. So naturally, at first, I thought it was all in my head, that I'd gotten a crush, innocent enough, and that it would pass, or at least nothing would come of it. But then, when I realized there was an unspoken reciprocation, I blamed myself for my feelings. Oh, I suppose I blamed Mother, too. I'd given her too much say in how I presented myself at the office. Too many hours at Neiman Marcus, trying on and buying pencil skirts and blouses, her eyeing me up and down, inspecting my figure. My mother had class. She knew how to accentuate natural beauty with a hint of something more. She knew well because she had been very beautiful. Although nowhere near as glamorous as mother, I was pretty too. Mother would sit outside the fitting rooms and nod to the sales girl when something worked. She picked my pumps and stockings. So I was designed and delivered to these hungry sharks. I didn't need to be coy or even openly interested. Mother was right. I was asked on many dates and even went on one or two. But I began to see that finding a husband would not be easy. It seemed that most of the men made me quite repulsed. Even handsome Alan Drake or Mitch Williams. Oh, I found them loathsome, and I didn't know why. Or maybe I did. Maybe it was that tether. It pulled harder around the other male prospects. I didn't know it, but I wanted Richard Hayes. Just about done with that contract? Yes, I'm done with it. I hope to never see another contract from Studebaker again. I don't blame you. Listen, I want to tell you what I found out yesterday. Gossip? Mrs. Hayes is back in the hospital again. Waterville State Hospital. She had an attack again last night. What kind of attack? It's a lunatic asylum. What happened to her? I can tell you she's crazy as a bat. 
poor thing. She's a real loony. Her poor little daughter. One little girl, right? Mr. Hayes has one child? That's right. I just don't think it's right to have children when you're so crazy. I worked until two in the morning over at their apartment. I was up reading to the little girl. She couldn't fall asleep, of course. You went home at two in the morning? No. I stayed on the couch. Don't you recognize my outfit from yesterday? (laughs) No, I hadn't. (laughs) It's just about every night these days. I'll be glad when I leave this place. Never come back. Really. I feel sometimes as if I'm being taken advantage of. Yes, I would too. Is she beautiful? Who? Mrs. Hayes? Margaret Hayes? Yes. I imagine she must be with how good-looking Mr. Hayes is. At one time, I suppose she must have been. The picture of her on his desk, she's really beautiful in that one. Like a movie star. But now she's nothing like that. I wouldn't even know it was her. The picture, I mean, if I didn't know. What happened to her? What does she look like now? Oh, Ellen is coming this way. I'll have to save the gossip for lunch. Are you joining us? All the girls are going over to Al's deli. I wish I could. I told Mother I'd meet her for lunch over at the Lotus Room. The Lotus Room? That's fancy. Yes, well, I sincerely dread it. Mother has ulterior motives, believe me. Trying to grill me on the eligible executives. The first step in her diabolical plan to marry me off so we can lunch at the country club every day. Well, do you have time for a smoke first while I wait for the girls? Sure. Let me just put this in Susan's box for Mr. Roth's signature. I'm in a rush. Afternoon, girls. You all right, dear? I'm sorry, Mr. Hayes. You startled me. Lucy, I need you to organize the campaign materials for this afternoon's presentation. We've got some changes. Now? I was just heading off to lunch. It's got to be done. He makes me so nervous. Yes, but he's not so much of a bear. I've worked for worse. He's nice enough, and at least he's not a flirt like the other men around here. He's never once propositioned me. I can't say the same for the rest of these sharks. As long as things are done his way. I suppose you're right. Really, are you alright? You're flush. Do you have a fever? My sister said there's a flu going around. She's got two little ones. It hits them first, you know. The children, Lucy. I mean, b- before it spreads around. Have I described him, Richard? Sort of Cary Grant looks. Not quite as slender, but the perfectly symmetrical features. Dark eyes and hair. A slight cleft chin. Tailored suits. Light gray or charcoal. White press shirt. A wool overcoat, or a trench coat in the rain. A fedora. Richard had the largest office, the one in the corner by the window. I was a terrible snoop, and after a time I tried to find excuses to look around. But at first no opportunity presented itself. I envied Lucy when I felt him walk off the elevator and saw her greet him, take his briefcase, help him with his coat. I wondered how she felt to be so close to him. For him to hand his hat to her? She was ever the professional, Lucy. Already engaged to another one of the partners, she was like a kid sister to him. She'd carry his things, hang up his coat. Eventually, his routine included 
a glance across the rows of secretaries to me. I would blush and look down. I began to think I was conspicuous in my puppy love. Sorry I'm late, Mother. I was talking to one of the girls. There's a terrible cold going around. No, no. Sit down. Let me look at you. I hope you're disheveled from rushing. I hope you didn't go to work this way. What way? Do I look all right? Before you go back, I'll help you freshen up. How are you, darling? Excuse me. Yes, madam. I'll have a gin gimlet, and she'll have a ginger ale. Oh, and don't let me have another. No matter what, I promise. Right away. Mother, really, I'm old enough to have more than a ginger ale. Tell me, darling, how is this job going? Do you like it? Very much. Catherine Gibbs prepared me very well for my duties. I'm just in the typing pool now, but I hope to gain a secretarial position soon. Every now and again, a girl will leave for... Likely for marriage, I'm sure. Well, yes, that, or to take another job. Marriage... Uh, Here we are, a gin gimlet for the lady and a ginger ale for her lovely sister. Oh, no, silly. I'm her mother. Oh, I I beg your pardon. I, I would have sworn you were sisters. Well, that's nice of you to say. I'm afraid you're after a big tip. Um, may I take your order? Thank you. We'll both have a shrimp Louis salad, no rolls. Very good. Yes. Well, hopefully you'll be turning in a resignation soon. Or more aptly, trading it in for a ring? Yes. Well, have you met anyone? Not really. Not really? I've been on a couple of dates, but I don't think... And what's wrong with these poor fellows this time, Andrea? I don't know. I just... I sometimes find these men boorish. They talk and talk about themselves and... what do you expect, dear? Haven't I taught you anything? You do all the talking with Father. Of course I do. I'm married now. He has no choice but to listen. No, it's because he loves you. I'll bet you were madly in love when you met. Oh, you know darned well that it was quite a smooth transition from girl to wife for me. I knew I'd marry your father since I was 15. He knew it too. I'd say by the time we went to homecoming, we were an old married couple. It's always been that way. He's a wonderful husband. Hmm. Well, I'm not so sure what I want. Well, tell me about one of these dates you've had. There's a writer, a copywriter named Jim Mitchell. We went out for dinner one night. It was all right, I guess. Well, why don't you like him? I do, Mother. When are you going out again? Mother, can we change the subject? All right. Well, tell me, how was the apartment? I hate the idea of you living alone here in the city. I miss you, you know that, don't you? Hmm. And I hate telling the girls at the club that you're out here, alone, living in a flat, working. I like it. I'm thinking of getting a roommate. I'm sure there's a girl at work who may need a place at some point. I don't know why your father was so insistent on you getting your own place. He has different dreams for me as all. (sighs) Yes. Dreams of a girl who breaks the mold. A girl who'd live in Paris in the unscrupulous art scene. The one place he and I disagree. How is it that we disagree on the most important thing in the world, darling? How can we disagree on your future? This is the domain of the mother, I'm sorry to say. Well, I like my apartment. Perhaps we can go shopping for some curtains and rugs and things. Oh, that would be lovely. 
If only it were for a real home with a husband and children. Two shrimp, Louis? Thank you. Mother had her aspirations for me. Wife, mother, socialite. My mother had tried the debutante route, but we simply weren't that rich, and our family name wasn't easily recognized amongst the New York and Connecticut circles. She wasn't a fighter. She was perfectly content at the country club, amongst other well-to-do women, sipping cocktails and planning their children's futures, particularly those of their coming-of-age daughters. Truth be told, I leaned towards my mother's plan. That's why I took the secretarial position at Roth, Hayes, and Johnson. I wasn't opposed to the idea of marrying one of these powerful men, moving up the ladder, so to speak. I liked children well enough, and it would have been a smooth transition to the country club. Martinis, all that. All of this, of course, was completely the naive laissez-faire of a woman who'd never been in love. I didn't really know anything about what I wanted or how far I would go to get it. I didn't know what it was like to be blind with passion or to become obsessed when scorned. I never understood an insatiable need for someone. Until I met Richard Hayes. Oh, jeez. Oh, stupid. Ellen, have Andrea take Lucy's place today. Yes, sir. I'll get you settled in and then bring her over. Me? Andrea. Oh, yes, Ellen. Mr. Hayes would like for you to fill in for Lucy today. Lucy? Yes, Lucy. Mr. Hayes' girl? No, I know. I know who she is. I just wanted to... All right, then. Collect your things and I'll walk you over there. Show you the ropes. Why me? Why you what, Andrea? I'm sorry. I'm very nervous. Oh, you should be. He's one of the partners and you're acting odd. Don't do that. I'm going to tell you a little something, Andrea, since you're the new girl here. You strike me as naive. But know this. We are fish surrounded by sharks. These executives, their gray or navy suits, it's a rough skin with the appearance of smooth. Instead of teeth, they give you smiles, but don't be fooled. One mistake and they'll eat you alive. Okay, sit here at Lucy's desk. Mr. Hayes will call you on the speaker, or he'll call you into his office when you need something. You'll answer his phone, Mr. Hayes' office. You take a message on this yellow tablet. He likes his messages delivered every 15 minutes, unless the caller says it's urgent. Do I bring him the message, if it's urgent? No. Andrea, you call him on speaker and ask him if he'd like to take the urgent call. Otherwise, you take a message just like with the others, but on the bottom right says it's urgent. Underline it and tell him personally when you give him the messages. What should I do in the meantime? What meantime? Well, like now. The phone isn't ringing. You'll be busy enough with dictations, preparing presentations, typing letters and memos. Mr. Hayes may have you run errands. You'll be busy enough. If you're not busy, then look busy. If you can't look busy, then look pretty until you get busy. Okay. All right. Lucy? No, I'm Andrea, Mr. Hayes. I'm filling in for Lucy. Come take a dictation. Certainly. 
You'll need a notepad. Oh, right. Yes, I do. I will. Here, sit down. Thank you. Is something wrong? Why do you ask that? I wasn't sure. I just haven't... I was just waiting for the dictation is all. No, we haven't formally met. (laughs) We haven't met at all. (laughs) No, I guess we haven't. Very clever. I'm sorry, I'm very nervous. Oh, naturally. That's understandable. Yes. But I'm very qualified, I want to assure you. Oh, you are, are you? Yes, sir. I I graduated from Catherine Gibbs Secretarial School. Well, that's impressive. Thank you, Mr. Hayes. Lucy's leaving. She's getting married. I'm sure you've heard. Yes, I'm very happy for her. No, I'm glad to hear it. Yes, I am, Mr. Hayes. Why is that? I wouldn't be too happy for her. Nathan's an ogre, and Lucy's a nice girl. <laughs> That's funny. She's happy, so I'm, I'm happy for her, I guess. I'm sorry, Miss Davies. Would you like a smoke? Oh, no, no, thank you. How old are you, Andrea? I'm 24. What are your aspirations? My aspirations? Yes. What would you like to do with your life? Well, in the near future, I would... No, tell me about the big picture. Well, I suppose I'm not sure. My father would like for me to take painting lessons in Paris. He doesn't want me to follow my mother's dreams at all. What are your mother's dreams for you? Marriage, children. But Paris is more appealing? No. It's my father's dream for me to become an artist among the intellectuals. Well, your father's dreams for you sound quite nice. I can think of worse fates. He'd love for me to study with someone like Jackson Pollock. Oh, is that so? Is Mr. Pollock an acquaintance of his? Oh, not really. See those paintings on the wall? Those are mine. I'm a painter. Oh, wow. This one here, the off-white one. The paint looks so smooth, like a photograph. The two red lines, they seem weightless. What does it mean? At one time I called it gravity. I'm impressed. They're quite good. Perhaps your father would accept me as a substitute for Mr. Pollock. (laughs) Working here, you mean? Yes, I think he would be impressed. Thank you, Andrea. Andrea. Why don't I take you to lunch? The reason I asked Ellen to have you fill in today was to find out if you'd make a good replacement for Lucy. After she's married, she won't be back. In fact, she's asked me if she could be released early so she can plan her wedding with her mother. I want you to be my secretary, Andrea. Oh, that would be a stroke of good luck. I've been wanting to move out of the typist pool This is just wonderful. I won't disappoint you. I'm very happy, Mr. Hayes. Thank you for considering me for the position. It's a lot of work, but I'm certain you're up for the challenge. Yes, I think I am. I am completely available and willing to work hard. We can talk more about the details over lunch. How about I take you to the Lotus Room in the Grand Hotel downtown? The food is delicious. Shall I bring a pen and notepad? (laughs) You are ambitious. No, that won't be necessary. We went to the Lotus Room for lunch. I was thankful that I'd surrendered to Mother's taste in dress. My lightweight wool skirt and camel cashmere sweater was met with 
subtle appreciation, I'm sure. My mother did know the finer things. I have to credit her with that. Anne's good intuition. My attire was bait. Neither of us knew it would lure in the biggest fish in the ocean. At the table again, mother's influence paid off. I knew how to manage the silverware, pronounce the French vichysoise. We'll start off with a martini for me, dry, and a pink squirrel for the lady. With lunch, a bottle of claret, the Mouton Rothschild. We'll both have steak Diane, rare. Very well. Would you like a smoke? No, thank you. I rarely smoke. Is that right? I suppose most girls don't, at least not in public. Yes. Well, my mother's rule, never smoke around a man. As a good habit, don't smoke at all. The lingering scent can be very off-putting. Here we are, one pink squirrel and one martini. Thank you. Of course. As for alcohol, she says a girl should only pretend to sip. You need to keep your wits about you. It sounds like a very wise woman. Cheers to mother. This is very good. A pink squirrel? That's right. Thank you, Mr. Hayes. This really is very lovely and generous. I imagine it'll make up for many late nights with just coffee and sandwiches. What do you think about helping out with some of the campaigns? Would you be interested in some creative work? Yes, I would. I hadn't expected... You know, my father believes I have some artistic talent. Is that right? Yes. In fact, he has quite silly, unrealistic aspirations for me. Sometimes I'm not so sure if he would like for me to become an artist or just to marry me off to one. So he would have a son, like Pollock or Picasso. I'm sorry, I must sound so silly and naive. Not at all. I'm impressed. I'm sure your father sees talent in you. What sort of art do you do? Sketching and a little painting. I attended a summer internship at the School of Paris. Is that so? That's quite impressive. Really, I was a fish out of water. Not nearly as talented as my father had imagined. I hoped. Nowhere near as talented as the other girls. That's the reason I enrolled in Catherine Gibbs. And now I'm here. Well, I'm glad for it. Although I imagine you're underestimating yourself. I'm sure you are. Other than what I've seen secondhand through Lucy, what does the job entail, Mr. Hayes? Quite a lot more than your duties now. Ellen will fill you in on all the secretarial responsibilities. I'm sure she'll have you up to speed on that. As for my expectations... Yes? Well, I expect 100% loyalty. No talking with other girls about campaigns or the things that I tell you. You'll be the closest person to my work. Often I keep things to myself. Part of politics and strategy. No one will push you for information unless you show a weakness for gossip, which I imagine you don't. No, sir, of course not. And the creative work? Oh, there's a lot of it. Sketching storyboards. We work closely with the art department. Stephen Morris is the new director up there. But of course, there will be times that are strictly secretarial. I can't promise it will all be interesting. I assume you enjoy organizing and keeping things running smoothly? Yes, I do. Very much. How's your lunch? Very good. Thank you. 
I love this restaurant. The piano music and the light coming in through the windows. It's always so lovely. Well, down to business, shall we? Yes, of course. I'm assuming it's all right to work after hours on occasion? Yes, it won't be a problem. You live uptown? Yes, I have a small flat. I'm looking for a girl to share. Half the rent and, well, you know. Although on occasion I take the train back to my parents' home in Connecticut, my father picks me up at the station. That won't be a problem? Working late on those nights? I don't think so. No, not at all. I'm quite independent. My father encourages it. He sounds forward-thinking. I'm sure it's quite a tennis match over your place, with your parents battling it out to see whose dream you fulfill. That was rude of me. I apologize. No. I'm afraid you've described my life perfectly. As for working late, it won't be a problem. Mr. Hayes, may I ask you a question? Sure. Go ahead. Lucy said your wife has bouts of illness. Lucy's had to work beyond the job at times. I'm sorry, that isn't my business. Well, I'm sure you've heard the rumors. Yes. Are they just that? Rumors? No. I wish they were. You should know. It's a terrible situation, as you can imagine. Margaret, my wife, has been very unwell since the birth of our daughter, Margot. She's of weak constitution. She's very ill, and there are times when I'm called away, or Lucy's had to come and mind the children. Not too often. Of course. I'm very sorry. What is it? What does she have, her affliction? The doctors say hysteria. Really, they don't know. She was a perfectly fine girl. Then we were married. Shortly after, she had a breakdown. That's awful. I'm sorry. Is there nothing they can do? Thank you, Andrea. The details are too much to get into now. Over time, I'll share more. The doctors and I, and and her family, of, of course. We all hope she'll recover. But the prognosis isn't very good, I'm afraid. Oh, it's really heartbreaking. This all, too, should remain confidential. I'm afraid Lucy wasn't so good at keeping it to herself. No, I suppose she wasn't. But it's imperative that you do. Yes, absolutely, I will. Everything between us must be confidential. I'm placing my trust in you. Of course. I had so many questions, but I felt it wasn't my place. Mr. Hayes? Richard. Well, all right. Richard, may I ask you one more question? Of course. How do you know I'll be able to fill Lucy's shoes? Be a good secretary to you. Do I look like a man who makes bad business decisions? No, I suppose not. Would you like a smoke? Yes, I think I will this time. The music is just lovely, isn't it? The lunch was delicious. We both had steak Diane. The meal was prepared right at our table, and it reminded me so much of lunches at the country club with Mother. The light coming in from the large windows was bright yellow, the colors of springtime. It was early on yet, but already Richard Hayes had an elevating effect on my senses. 
I don't know if it was the promotion as well, but I had a certain euphoria, and I thought to myself, how surprising life can be. Just a few months ago, I was arguing with Mother over what I should do with my life. Her green eyes flashing frustration over her 24-year-old daughter, still unmarried. Hardly any prospects except the Catherine Gibbs Secretarial School certificate in my possession. I guess she was right. Why hadn't I fallen in love? Why wasn't I already married, doting over a husband and children 